all you reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I am the founder of this podcast and also of CoveyClub.com, which is a website and a online offline platform for women 40 plus who are trying to figure out what's next for them. And what we do is put in front of you all the people, places, and things that you may need to swim your way across from wherever you are right now to that next fabulous part of your life. And we know it's going to be fantastic because you're gonna get the education, the tools, and the inspiration to make it that way. 40 plus is the best time of my life. And I know that it can be the best part of your life. So today talking about making the best part of your life, I have this incredible conversation with Rebecca Contreras. She is the author currently of Lost Girl, From the Hood to the White House to Millionaire Entrepreneur. And you will not believe her story. I'm not going to tell you any of it here. I want you to listen. She is such an inspiration that if you are thinking at all, oh my God, I, you know, I think I have to leave my corporate job and find something else. I don't know what to do. I don't have the tools. I don't have the money. I don't, you're going to listen to her and you're going to say like, you know what, hush up, put on your big girl panties and let's get going. (laughs) She's so inspirational. And what I love personally is these stories have not been told before and they are all over the country. And they're always just extraordinary women like Rebecca who are doing things to change the world and taking advantage and making things happen. It's about making things happen. It's mindset, making things happen. So I'm not gonna tell you anything else other than that title of that book, which kind of says it all. And I want you to listen to Rebecca, follow her, connect up with her and be inspired by her. And here she is. So Rebecca, I'm so glad we finally got you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Leslie, for having me. Uh, really thrilled about uh, talking with you and sharing with your audience. Great. So let's talk a little bit about your history. I always find that all reinventors have some kind of, you know, twists and turns in their lives that lead them to be reinventors. I find that really fascinating. And um, let's start with where did you grow up? And what did you think you were going to do? And then what did you end up doing? Just briefly. Well, so I have to say, I've kind of reinvented myself three times now. So I'm going. That's good. Great. Third reinvention. And I always say, hey, as long as you're alive and breathing, you never stop learning and growing and, um, and doing more. So I am actually a border town gal. I'm from El Paso, Texas. Uh, I'm one of four children and um, came out of a single parent home, um, but also Leslie riddled with uh, drug addiction and mental illness and trauma. And my mother actually, um, bless her heart, she had good intentions, but struggled a lot with her own uh, addictions. Her drug of choice was heroin. And oh. uh, we, we, none of us knew our fathers that we all had different fathers. With the oh exception my of goodness. My brother. And, you know, we didn't have a father present in the home and she was in and out of the home a lot. And at age, at age five, she uh, told us she was going to the grocery store and never came back and abandoned us. So, oh my I, goodness. Wow. Yeah. I ended up getting uh, raised by my grandmother. Uh, but, you know, growing up in extreme poverty, 
in every sense of the word, emotional poverty, physical poverty, spiritual poverty, you name it. Um, it really, uh, the absence of an engaged parent um, and a parent who, who basically struggled with mental trauma um, really did a number on me as a young lady. And as a result of that, got involved in drugs myself, became a teenage mom at 17, dropped out of school. And uh, Lost Girl, my new book, basically recounts the first three chapters of all my, my childhood, my young uh, young adult wayward uh, life, uh, but at age 19, Leslie, when I when I uh, I had lost my daughter, my mother had rehabbed herself, and she got off drugs about 10 years before I had my daughter, um, and took my daughter away from me so that I so that I wouldn't you know hurt her and and put her through the same the same stuff she put me through. And wow. but at the age of 19, my daughter was 13 months old, and I had an epiphany and a kind of a, an aha moment, call it what you will. For me, it was a rock bottom moment that I realized I needed to get my life on track for that little girl and really try to do something with my life. I was tired of being sick and tired and poverty and addiction and abuse and you name it. Um, and went back to school, got my GED and met a woman here in Texas by the name of Ann Richards, who is an icon here in our state and enrolled in a welfare to work program. I was her receptionist and you know, went, went through the process to get trained and try to get uh, re my first reinvention began to happen, which uh, accelerated very fast, had a very successful state government career here in Texas. Wow, incredible. And so when, what did you end up doing after you were the receptionist? Did you move up under? Well, so yeah, I, I actually enrolled in that welfare to work program. And part of the program was, it was, a, it was a, a, a grant that was funded here in the state of Texas that Ann was participating in. And they would, they would basically help you get back to school, get your GED, get some level of training. And then the goal was for you to get off of welfare. Right. Right. And, uh, I became her receptionist in that as a temp, and it was up to me to get that permanent job. And a few months after um, I, uh, I became that temp, I applied for a full-time receptionist role, and I was hired. She was running for governor at the time, so she was in the middle of her gubernatorial campaign, um, at her first run gubernatorial. And um, I worked my way up with lots of training, lots of mentors. I had women in my life, Leslie, that invested in me and believed in me when I didn't believe in myself and really helped me uh, get a leg up and, uh, and a chance in life when most, most people in, in career wouldn't would look at a high school dropout teen mom and say, hey, you know, she's a waste of my time. But wow. Uh, invested in me and I went through the first process of my reinvention was able to get off of welfare and I worked my way up um, the new uh, and went to be governor and I stayed uh, working for the state treasurer and the new treasurer was a woman by the name of Kay Bailey Hutchison another oh my god uh-huh and Kay under Kay I really grew under her leadership uh, went to school another mentor began to mentor me and went to school uh, at the LBJ School of Public Affairs and got some management training and worked my way up to management. In six years, I had gone from being that welfare to work receptionist to actually being a manager for HR for the state, uh, the state treasury department. And then uh, things got better. And that woman that mentored me that worked for Kay, Kay went to be Senator. She ran for US Senate and got elected. I stayed at the treasury and I got a call in 1995 from my top woman mentor who is really my icon and I call her my game changer who really you know changed my life in so many ways she had started working for the new governor George W Bush 
and uh, Governor Bush had just been elected, and um, I went over and became her deputy at the state capitol and started my journey with Governor Bush, and then he ran for president, took me with, with him to the White House, and the rest is history. The whole, the whole career of my government career is count, recounted in my book, but it was really a tremendous accelerated path of working hard, going back to school, surrounding myself with the right people who believed and invested in me, and then taking ownership of my own life, right? And getting in the driver's seat of my own future. How did you do that? Do you think that there are just some people, because there are many people obviously from your background for whom this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not just that somebody dropped out of the sky and found you. Right, right. What are you, looking back, what do you think it is that happens? Do you think that it's something, you know, genetic and survival, or do you think it's a kind of street smart, or what makes well, you change when other people don't? You know, um, I, Leslie, I actually mentor quite a bit of women now, and I always say it, it takes grit, and it takes resolve, and it takes perseverance to really take a situation, whether it's, and I was sexually abused at age five, and oh. again at age 13, and, oh. you know, by, by a man 10 years my elder, and you know, when all that, when shit happens in life and stuff happens to you, right. um, you know, it, it develops really a, a kind of profile of, of, of uh, it can develop a kind of profile of resolve. There are really two paths you can take in life. Um, and I mentor young women all the time that have had issues that you can either become really embittered and, you know, be the woe is me, you know, all this stuff has happened. I can't get a leg up every time I turn around, you know, I'm faced with obstacles. Or you can, you can embrace that pain. Um, I actually started a series three weeks ago called Pain on Purpose. And you can say, okay, what purpose can this pain serve? I know I didn't bring all this on myself. I certainly right. didn't pick to grow up in poverty with a drug addict mom who had mental illness, but I was born into that. My first chapter in Lost Girl is called Born in Failure. So what happens when you're born into that, when it's, you know, you don't have a choice. And so there comes a point in your life as a young woman when you turn, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, or even, even if you go through all that your whole life and at 40 or at 50, you look up and you think, gosh, I'm really tired of being sick and tired. I really want to, to, you know, carve a new path for my life. You really do have to take the ownership of your own future and your own life and stop blaming others for all the things that happen. Um, life happens. And haven't we seen that here in the last couple of years with COVID and the you know, the market and just everything that's going on in the world, life happens. And so really, really embracing um, your own future and saying, you know, I'm going to take the necessary steps to get healing, to get off of the addiction, to get help for my mental trauma. Um, Leslie, I have a twin brother. He and I could not be more polar opposites. He struggles with mental illness. He's a schizophrenic, oh. bipolar, and he's been um, on drugs. He kept the drug life going. I stopped it. You know, there are choices we have in life and we really have to take the bull by the horns and start getting help so that we can have healthy lives. And, you know, for me, the, that driver, Leslie, was my daughter. I had a little girl who didn't know me, who, you know, I was not taking responsibility for. And I swore to myself when my mother abandoned us, I swore to my, myself, I will never do that to my children because it hurt me so deeply. Of and course. here I was repeating the cycle of the same thing at age 19. And so I had to 
look at her and want more for her future. So that was really my driver is, um, is looking into her eyes and really wanting a different future for her. I met my husband at that time who was working with the gangs in East Austin where I had grown up and uh, had moved to Austin um, from El Paso. And, you know, David and I met 32 years ago and he's just a visionary of a man. He's 10 years older than I am and we've been married now 32 years. And he really came around and supported me and helped me really rethink the process of my life and want more for my life. And I find that sometimes you can't go it alone. You just can't. As much as we'd like to think we're powerhouse women, we can do things alone and make it happen for ourselves. For me, it was the power of the network and the power of the people around me that had the positive influences on me to help me forward. And you obviously had the ability to wake up and see that you could take advantage of that. Uh, absolutely. And listen, you there are so many opportunities out there. You know, it wasn't it didn't happen through an epiphany of, oh, I'm going to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. I had to position myself for that right place, right? So we had to take action and walk in those places. And, you know, I, I tell young women all the time, don't put yourself in situations hanging out with people who are toxic, because guess what's going to happen? You're not going to accomplish anything around toxic people. You know, right. they're going to probably lead off into you and so putting myself in the right place with the right people and the right influences were so important to that transformation effort. And, and, and Leslie, I went through my third uh, reinvention just uh, 10 years, a little over 10 years ago. You know, I had spent uh, at that point almost 15 years in government and, you know, working a great wage and had a great 401k and, you know, was making an executive level salary working for the government because I had worked my way all the way up to, I was a commissioned officer for President Bush in the White House. And, you know, and uh, then I left government and um, decided, you know, I want to go into the private sector and cut my teeth in consulting and started uh, working in the area of HR consulting. And, and 10 years ago, uh, branched out even further and decided to start my business. And women are the fastest growing entrepreneurs in America right now. And, uh, you know, I was helping this other private sector company grow their company. And one of my mentors said, you know, you can do that for yourself. Like all that new business you're bringing in to grow the bottom line for that owner who is not, you're not an owner. You can do that for yourself. Have you ever thought of starting a business? And I scratched my head and thought, well, heck, gosh, I haven't ever thought of starting a business. There are no entrepreneurs in my family. But uh, started doing the research and putting the legwork in place to talk to the right people and get the right training and started my business 11 years ago in 2011. And today we're over 110 employees strong across seven states. And I'm now proud to be a part of the women entrepreneurs that are really helping to drive the economy here in the U.S. Talk a little bit about that. What is the name of your company and what do you do exactly? Because an awful lot of these women um, that are listening are thinking about re reinventing themselves as entrepreneurs. That is one of their options. They're being pushed out. Um, they're being, you know, driven out sexism, racism, ageism, sometimes yeah. all together. They're being pushed out of corporate life. And some of them are, are excited about being entrepreneurs. Some are not because as we know, there's no funding for women. And then there's really no funding if you're older. Um, but, you know, some of them are very excited about it. And what do you see and what are you working on yourself with your group? And, and just explain a little bit about what you do. 
Yeah, so um, women, women-owned firms make up almost 20% of all firms and all people employed in the United States of America, and they're growing at the fastest pace. Women are the game changers, as we know. Every stat out there, from the Census Bureau data to the GAP data that's out there, uh, communicates to us through the stats that women are not only making things happen in the economy, we have the largest buying power, but we also are the fastest growing in, in starting firms. And so, um, you know, most most of my uh, journey uh, through entrepreneurship, I started my teeth, I, I cut my teeth in consulting first. So I knew I had built, Leslie, my, my, my plan was, I knew I had built a reputation in government and a network that was invaluable. But I wasn't leveraging and utilizing that network for to add the bottom to add to the bottom line for my for my growth. So I thought, okay, I'm an HR expert now, and I'm known in government for bringing human capital people solutions. Um, I'm making a great wage, but how can I take my expertise, my network in government through both Democrat and Republican network, not just one party line, but I've always been what I call a bipartisan marketer. Um, it's super important for you not to pigeonhole yourself into one market or another and be, be sort of exclusive um, or, or inclusive outside. And so I took my HR expertise, uh, developed a plan to, to actually get hands-on experience. So I went to work for another corporation for six years in HR consulting because I had not been a consultant. I'd only been a government executive. So I thought, okay, I need to get the consulting under my belt, which is a completely different market. I did that for six years, and then I branched out and started Amangard, my company, as an entrepreneur. And I figured out a way to sell my expertise and my services and leverage my network to help me grow my business. 90% of our business at Avangard is network-based. It's people that know me, that know we are proven for results, we drive outcomes, and it's the word of mouth. And, you know, it, it starts small. My first contract, Leslie, was like $60,000, tiny, tiny. Now we're winning two, three, four, five million dollar contracts. Um, but it all it all happens through a very deliberate, organic strategy and growth. Uh, for me, the top three things were essential. Number one, I had the right people around me because you can't build a business by yourself. <laughs> as much as we'd like to think that we as smart, listen, as the smarter you are, it's great, but there's always someone smarter than you out there. So find the smarter people that are gonna help you be successful as a business entrepreneur and, and, and engage them in your vision, buy into your vision and help and get them to help you build, build the business. So I have really smart people around me that I started um, you know, networking with and engaging and little by little you know, brought them on the team. Um, and then they in turn then, I, I replicate myself by, by, by coaching and leadership and management and spending time with my managers. And then they in turn replicate themselves. The second thing was leveraging my network to sell, uh, to do sales. And, you know, I started with the low hanging fruit and called the people that I know in government that trust, trusted me and knew that I could deliver results and said, hey, you know, you have a tiny project, give me a chance. You need a human capital plan developed, you know, let, give us a chance to help you be your consultant to do that. And so it's that word of mouth cold call, uh, calling that is constantly, you know, a focus of our business and growth. And then the third thing is, once you deliver results for one client, then you have a strong referral base of somebody that can bring past performance to you to say, okay, I've delivered now, can you refer me out? And that, that word of referral is really huge. 80% of our growth, Leslie, in Avant-Garde, my company, has been the referral network. 
So we started with one, one client who we did a really good job for, like for instance, developed a strategic plan. Everybody needs strategic planning. We developed their strategic plan. Then they knew of another client that needed a strategic plan. They all of a sudden said, hey, Rebecca at Avangard did a really good job for me. They can help you. And so it's that word of mouth network and really building that reputation for being results driven. I just, um, Leslie did a feature in Texas CEO Magazine for the, for the June, uh, for the June feature where I talk about how to build a results-based culture to drive the bottom line in your business. And um, super important to have those three things in place. And I've been very blessed and very um, successful. I realize that, you know, things haven't always been easy, but you've got to start somewhere. And for your women that are looking to reinvent themselves, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the stat during COVID, Gallup did a survey about what how COVID impacted women the last two years and found that 60% of women because of COVID uh, issues, whether loss of job or loss of business are looking to reinvent themselves. 60% of women in America today are looking to reinvent themselves in some way. Incredible. That's a very powerful stat. I did not hear that. That's fantastic. So if the entrepreneurs here, you're working with very big entrepreneurs, you're not working with budding entrepreneurs at this point, right? Well, so, and remember I started, um, I started at the bottom, right? So I started, it's me and my partner. I'm the majority owner. I own 51% of the business. And I, I deliberately started it that way because I wanted to be the driver for the business and have majority ownership. So I could have majority decision-making it's, it was really important to me because I knew exactly what I wanted to build and how I wanted to build it. But I do have a partner. I highly recommend um, that women not go it alone. And listen, may, men can be helpful too. I Two of my top mentors are men. Um, so, you know, we, we can't discount men. I certainly am all about women empowerment, but there are some really nice, helpful, incredibly smart men out there that are willing to help women um, help, you know, get off the ground. And so, you know, having the right partner, the right mentors. Um, and you start just with, again, one, you know, hire your first employee. The first, the, the, the day that I was able to put one employee on payroll was so exciting for me because all of a sudden it wasn't just about me and my partner. Now we now have an employee and an entire family we're responsible for. And, you know, I grew, again, grew it organically. We're slotted to hit 18% growth this year. Um, we're growing at a record pace, but I, I would say start, you know, start small and build, build your way up get involved in, in the local chamber of commerce. I'm a big fan of the local business chamber of commerce, wherever you live. I'm very involved in my round rock chamber here in, in Austin and uh, do a lot of networking events with them and, you know, meeting the right business owners who are also trying to become entrepreneurs and young in their business is super key um, to helping you grow. What do you see for women 40 plus? What do you see coming forward what are the obstacles and what are the opportunities um, that give women who are thinking about, you know, should I become an, an entrepreneur or just starting it out? Um, what's your experience on that? Well, so I'll just give you another stat. 42% of all small businesses in America are owned and operated by women. That's a 2022 stat. Um, female entrepreneurship is growing at a tremendous rate. Just between 1997 and 2019, it was 114% growth in women entrepreneurship. Women actually make better entrepreneurs and better CEOs um, because we, uh, we actually like to talk to people. 
we're, we're not, you know, we're, we, we're good listeners. Uh, I think, listen, I think women can run the world. That's my strategy is just let us run the world and we'll, <laughs> we'll fix a lot of the problems that are out there. But we're, we're, we're committed, we're diligent, we're fixers, we're, you know, we tend to have a very strong sense of empathy for the, for the people. Um, at Avantgarde, we've built our entire strategy on loving our people. And, you know, people are not going to stay with your business if they don't know that you love them and care for them. And I talk a lot about this and, and leading with love type of thing. You know, women are able to do that. I think, I think if you, uh, you know, the, the, the tenants of the entrepreneur spirit lend themselves to, do you like to have your, you know, do you like to govern your own time? Would you like to have more time for your family? Um, you know, do you like to lead or do you enjoy networking and sales and getting out there and talking about, you know, what you do? All those things are really good um, kind of nuggets that are essential in becoming an entrepreneur. But there are also, I think, and, and I know that that uh, I was actually talking to a group of women the other day that, you know, they were, it was kind of a roundtable type event. And they were asking me about what it's like to lead in a male dominated industry as a woman. And Leslie, I don't pay attention to that. My focus is not, oh gosh, this, you know, women have less uh, appointments on corporate boards or women aren't, you know, women CEOs are not, the percentages are still low. I don't focus on any of that. I just say, if you're a woman and you, you have your education, your experience and what you bring to the table, let what you bring to the table speak for itself. And don't focus on the fact that you're a minority or that, you know, there's one, only one of you in the room. Hey, I thrive on that. Get me at the table. If I'm the only woman at the table, I will thrive at the table and bring my value not as a woman, but as a, as the expert in the field. And so I, it's a little bit of a paradigm shift um, from what you, you sometimes hear women talk about, but I'm, I'm a big believer in letting your reputation, your skills, and what you bring to the table thrive and shine above the fact that you're, you know, possibly the only woman that's, you know, in the particular industry that you're in. And so I, I don't pay attention to those obstacles that we face. Um, I think that surrounding ourselves with the right people, including the right men, uh, bringing that value, focusing on the results and adding value where you can within your own sphere of influence. I always say when you come into this world, God gives you four feet of space of governance and influence. Manage that four feet of space to the point where that influence begins to grow. And as it grows, then you're going to have more impact. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, uh, my strategy and my thought about, um, you know, what women, what women can achieve. I, I, there's absolutely nothing that we can't do when we have the right heart, the right mindset and the right strategy to execute. How about age? Do you see anything standing in the way of age? I, I don't listen. I just turned 53 years old. I am in the best shape of my life. I have gone through, I would say the last year, I went through a really um, uh, painful process um, of growth in my own body, mind, spirit. Um, I had to go get treatment because I was feeling really, um, uh, I found out, Leslie, that I was actually in full-fledged menopause. I didn't know that I was in menopause, but things were happening in my own life that just were, I felt off kilter, off center and, you know, I'm getting older and, you know, I'm not as my mind isn't as clear, but I went and got help. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in holistic approach to healing your body. And, you know, I've, I've implemented things at 53 um, that are working. It's taken me about six months to get back to that place of feeling centered, but 
you know, my, my quiet time in the morning and my meditation is, is absolutely essential. I don't miss that. I work out, you know, I'm trying to eat uh, healthy and, and plant-based and trying to do the things that will help me feel better about myself. And I'm also um, getting treatment for, um, for uh, hor my hormones. And I've been, I'm in month six of that journey and I'm feeling a lot better, but I don't think age should ever stop us. I'm 53. I think 50 is the new 30 and 60 is the new 40. And <laughs> age, age is a frame of mind. Certainly I do agree. what you need to stay. Certainly do what you need to get healthy, right? Physically healthy, because yes. we need our bodies. And we've learned during COVID, it's more important now than ever. The people that lived through COVID were were healthy bodies, you know. Um, but it's more important um, to to just center your mind around. Um, that that age is a number it's how you feel and what you do with that number uh, to take care of yourself and self-love and self-care so that then you can operate at the optimum that's amazing and um the menopause thing is real and a lot of people don't know that it can strike early some people it can strike in their 40s and um it throws it can throw you off it's definitely a um a bodily change i say it's adolescence in reverse <laughs> it can yes. throw yeah. you into as much of a crazy thing as before so to close up let's just talk a little bit about mindset because um i do believe after interviewing so many people and you fit with that perfectly how would you say mindset applies to being successful no matter what your age well that listen if i if there's three or four thought leader topics that I, I love to speak to. This is on the top of the list. I will tell you, my mother died at 62. Um, I always tell people she had cancer, but she had beat it once. Depression killed my mother, not cancer, because I could not get her to think different about herself and value herself enough to go get help and get the treatment that she needed. So she sunk into a deep depression, would not go out, kept thinking she was a loser, kept thinking her life was over. And she literally sunk herself into death. And I have seen that happen again and again in my family because my family does deal with mental illness and, and trauma. You know, we all had trauma in our life. I have distinctly seen how I have battled it and, and changing my mindset, Leslie, early on was absolute essential to my success. There's a great book that I love um, by Dr. Caroline Leaf. She is a renowned neuroscientist. Think, Learn, Succeed uh, is the book that, that I've read. And then she has a new one out called How to Deal with Your Mental Mess. And she has studied for 30 years the power of the mind to, to, to really shift and, and, and provide um, healing for how you deal with life, how you deal with family, how you deal with you know, health issues. And there's so much science behind the power of changing your thought process and how that results in your life and the outcome of what you, what you experience. I have lived it in my own life. One of the things I had to do early on was change my negative toxic thinking about myself because I didn't value myself. I, I, listen, my, my birth was a result of a one night stand. My mother was a dancer, a stripper at a club in Juarez. And she bet her go-go dancer friend on sleeping with the owner of the club who ended up being my father. I was conceived that way. So my whole life, I thought I was a mistake. I'm not supposed to be here. When I started changing my mindset about that 
and realized that I did have value and I realized that I did have purpose and that God had a plan for me, I started speaking it out. Literally, I do have a plan. There is purpose. Like I have value. Those things of changing your mindset when you when you're when you're inundated with negative thoughts so important. Dr. Leaf's book, I highly recommend it for your readers. Think, learn, succeed. Great. And all her data in sci- is based on science and scientific re- research around the neural process in the brain and what happens when you have negative toxic thoughts and the effect on the body and also your success. So uh, I'm a big believer in, in 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 mindset and the power of the mind and the thought process to really help you change your life. Incredible. Awesome. Rebecca, where can everybody find you and where is the book? Give us the full title and where they can find that. Yes. So um, the best place uh, is to connect with me at RebeccaContreras.com. I have a lot of free resources and tools. I give all my resources away for free um, and they can subscribe and get on my mailing list. Um, uh, My book is called Lost Girl from uh, the hood to the White House to millionaire entrepreneur. And uh, it is a uh, an autobiography, but it's also written as a kind of a self-help, you know, what are the steps you need to take in order to transform your life? And uh, yeah, they can get it uh, on Amazon uh, or Barnes or on my website. If, if they order it from my website at RebeccaContreras.com, I will personalize uh, and auto- autograph it for them and send them a little encouraging note and, as well as stay connected. But thank you for having me. I, I am so excited um, about your audience and the, the target in particular I know is women and I'm all about women and women empowerment and growth and however I can serve and help your community. Please count on me for that. Awesome. Rebecca, so wonderful to talk to you and what an inspiration you are to everybody. Unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Rebecca. I love these super out of the blue inspirational conversations. I am always amazed by people's fortitude and willingness to hang in there and deal with their issues and get the help and bring bring the covey around them to help them get to where they want to be. I mean, that is kind of where Rebecca's talking about hiring the best people, bringing the best people to you. That's kind of what we do at Covey in many ways, is we try to put you into the center of fabulous women who will help you get to where you're going. As we say, we hold a space for you while you figure out what's next. And I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please subscribe. If you want to leave us a question or a comment, we would love a five-star review. We would love it if you would share it with your friends who are trying to reinvent or thinking about reinventing or being forced to reinvent. And come on over to coveyclub.com and check out all the fabulous content we have. We have guides, we have articles, we have classes. Come join the club, actually meet the women and play with us and we will help you get to the next stage in your life. So have a great day and we will talk to you next time.